Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first official live edition of New England Sports 24-7 Radio. I am your host, John Larry, and with me is always Scott Chicken Noodle Soup Blooney. I can't use some chicken noodle soup right now. Dude, that scared me so much, that one second where the music didn't play, and I was like, I, oh, I no. Know, know. Uh, for anyone who tried to tune in last week, we're extremely sorry. We totally did an hour show to no. uh, empty space. Um, so we're going to go ahead and try to make it up to you guys tonight. Hopefully you guys are listening, and, you, you know, didn't, we didn't deter you from last week. Um, so, <laughs> so basically what we're going to try to do is we're going to go ahead and talk about what we talked about last week and kind of add into the new stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about the Boston Red Sox second half, the uh, Dustin Pedroia's new contract, Jake PB deal, the uh, Teddy Bruschi and Gil Santos being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the New England Patriots training camp as well. Um, and, of course, the always – and extremely popular ass hat of the week. I think it's a pretty, yeah, pretty easy one. We have like two weeks of ass hats that we could talk about. I, I know, I know, and that's that's kind of uh, that's we'll, we'll try to squeeze it all in. Um, so, <sighs> Scott, let's mm. go ahead and start us off, man. How you feeling? What's going on? I'm a little sick today. I didn't go to work. Um, I don't know. I'm hanging in there. Um, I'm glad that I'm hope that this show is. <laughs> I assume I, this show is airing. I know. Well, we heard our intro music. So. Yeah, we heard the intro music, so I assume everything's right. Like, yeah, when the show started off last week, we were just like, the show. Usually, the intro music cues like five seconds into the broadcast, and then you then know, we cut, yeah, we and then we the show. Then we go on with the show. Then and last week, yeah. I think it's like complete silence, and I was like, John. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, should we just go? And you're like, okay. So, <laughs> so we just we went right into it. Uh, it was probably our worst but best show we've ever done. Oh, it was hilarious because, <laughs> you know, there were problems the entire time, technical problems, and there was Lots other stuff happening. And it was, I guess, it was a terrible show. But, you know, it's all, we're, we're making up for it now. We're going to do it, and, yeah, it'll be good. So, uh, you know what? I just got confirmation. Yes, people can hear us. Oh, that's, well. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Um, people can actually hear us this week. That's all great. right. So we'll go ahead and start talking about uh, – so – we're going to go talk about the um, the Boston Red Sox second half right now. And um, they, you know, they pretty much, you know, picked up right where they left off. Um, they're currently uh, 70 and 46. Now, 70 wins this so far this year pretty much totals the all, uh, you know, the complete amount of wins that they had last year with Bobby Valentine. So that, I mean, that right there, and we've said it numerous times. Clearly the difference, yeah. yeah. Clearly the difference. Clearly blew all of our expectations out of the water. Um, you know, they they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Rays, uh, a six-game lead over the Orioles, which is pretty good because I expected the Orioles to be um, – Really, really com- like competitive this year. Competitive. And it's not that they're not because they can catch fire any time. But uh, I still think the funniest thing Toronto. is – Yeah, Toronto Blue Jays. 16 games back with probably the most stacked roster uh, that they could possibly put on the field. So, sorry, Toronto. Better luck next year, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is, is it too is it too late to uh, call them dead in the water? Or um, I mean, they're like 12 games, 11 and a half games back right now, 
and there's a lot of internal struggle. It's like one of those teams, like the first you're year. Talk, about, you're talking about the Yankees are 11 and a half. I'm talking about the Blue Jays. Oh, the Blue Jays. I'm sorry. They're 16 games back. Yeah. They're 53 and 61. It's like one of those teams when you have such high expectations. And I think this is like the first year of the Miami Heat with the big three. And then like those expectations are not met. Um, they do have one of the most stacked offenses and they've been dealing with injuries and right. just uh, things aren't working for them. I don't know if it's a team cohesion thing or team. Do you see, Brooke, do you see the Blue Jays being a contender next year? No, do you... I don't know. I think that they're going to change their, I mean, I think they're going to probably unload a little bit of their roster. I was going to say, I was wondering that because I would think that, you know, they kind of gave it a go this year and maybe they'll kind of offload some of the, the big names there. But Yeah, um, it's it's different with, you know, it's different with baseball. Um, you know, talent talent sits in, in AAA a lot longer in, in baseball than it does in basketball. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, if there's not a winning formula, it's always easier to just deconstruct and start over again, I think, in baseball. But when you're making an investment in basketball, you know, unless it's like an Alex Rodriguez investment, like, you know, it's it's you you can you you have a little wiggle room, and the cap is only getting tighter and tighter. And I think they're probably going to unload and try to look to uh, refresh. I mean, look at what the Red Sox did this year; they had yeah. a great roster yep. on paper. They refreshed. They they you know they're trying to bring a new team up, and now you got players like you know Johnny Gomes, who's like a household name in Boston. And right. I, it's funny that you brought him up because he was going to be the next guy I talked about because he's just we'll, we'll we'll get into it, but um. I, do you think now is, is now you you brought up the whole fact about Alex Rodriguez real quick, and I kind of wanted to talk about that. Uh, and you say you know an investment like Alex Rodriguez. Do you honestly think that the Yankees are um, basically kicking themselves in the butt that oh, they signed him to that deal? Absolutely, because you got to look at his, you know. You got to, you know, 2009 was, you know, that that's what they paid the money for and he's been a, right. you know, he's he's a good player. He he was a good player. And now you take, you know, the the all-star or, you know, you take the you the all-star talks and you take the um, you know, Hall of Fame talks and this seriously discredits him from being considered a legitimate Hall of Famer slash a legitimate player in the MLB. Right. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think that he's going to I think that the suspension through 2014, considering the fact that he's such a high-profile player, I think that's it's 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 excessive. I didn't expect that. Here's he, he something kind of funny about this. Um, now, Alex Rodriguez is obviously he's going to be suspended for the entire uh, next season. He still has two more years left on that deal, um, which it's going to take him until he's 40 years old. Yeah, I know he. What this was is, it? Yeah. He, I mean, he signed some sort of like ridiculous deal. I want to say in two, it was in 2007. 2007, because, yeah. Uh, I remember that they announced the deal during the World Series that our lovely Red Sox were in at that time. Um, they, it's like they made a big deal about it, and you know, obviously it was a big deal because he signed a real big lucrative contract. So, I, but I mean, I, you got you got to be thinking that if you're Brian Cashman right now, you're you're kicking yourself in the ass because, you know, you just signed basically. A, a guy who's going to be remembered for being a fake player. A he's a fake player. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like a, a Roger player. Clemens type. Like he he produced, but now they're going to remember him for the tarnished. He's got a tarnished reputation, and you know the, he's he's working around this, you know, because he's sneaky like that with the appeal process, and he's he's able Absolutely. to play while the appeal is going through. He's going to be able to play for the Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees for the rest of the season or whatever. However long exactly. the appeal takes. Uh, yeah, probably. Well. Um, 
Most likely till about the uh, postseason. Until uh, postseason. Yeah, until about. Yankees aren't probably gonna make the postseason anyway. No, probably not. I mean, a lot of us expected the Yankees not to to do that, but they were holding their they were holding their own for a while there. Um, okay, so anyways, beyond we'll get we'll get, we'll kind of get back to that whole Alex Rodriguez thing towards the end of the show. I'm not gonna not gonna say why, you know, but I'm pretty cough, sure everybody. Cough, 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 cough. So let's just quickly talk about the Dustin Pedroia contract extension. Um, granted, I know it's it's very old news now. Everybody knows about it, but it was something that we were going to talk about last week, so I kind of wanted to bring it up. You know, he signed a um, an eight-year deal, and he – real quick, I just want to kind of get good things here. What is it? No, boy, help me out, buddy. He signed an eight-year deal worth $110 million. Um, and, you know, I think that he absolutely deserves it. You know, people were talking about, you know, he's been going through a slump and, uh, you know, this year hasn't, this year he's been playing very well. Um, and, you know, he has been dealing with a little bit, he's been dealing with a little bit of consistency issues, but not, not, not even, not even, he's been dealing with like a couple of minor slumps and people are very critical of him because, you know, he's. You know he's the face of the franchise at this point, kind of. You know, yeah, him absolutely. Poppy, but you yeah, know absolutely. he is—he is the model player that you'd want to have on your team. He's a hard worker. Um, he's passionate. You saw, you know, when he was <clears throat> in the when Big Poppy was going, you know, crazy on the telephone. He was the first one to get up and try to calm him down. He's, you know, the player for the players. And That's I, it. you know, if you look at his value stack to, you know, Robinson Cano, who's a, another hundred plus million dollar player, like. It's night and day. You oh know? yeah, and I mean, Cano makes more more money than Pedroia, and I think that Pedroia, you know, Pedroia's well. The thing is, is Pedroia's more uh, like you like you say, he's a player's player. Um, he's more about the team than he is. It just seems like he's he's very well deserving of his contract, as we both agree. Um, but I can't, I cannot put Robinson Cano and Dustin Pedroia in the same the same you know aspect. Robinson Cano. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good second baseman. But I, I mean, and it's not me being uh, biased about Boston. I just feel that Dustin Joy is the all-around better player. Um, and, yeah. and that, and I've I've seen a lot of Red Sox Yankees games. Um, you know, there are technical arch rival if you really want to say it. I don't think it's as, you know, I don't think the right. Last couple is. years hasn't been two-two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think that. I don't know. I, like, I just feel that Dustin Pedroia is way more worth the money than Robinson Cano. Now, Robinson Cano, I believe he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, and he's going to he's going to demand a lot of money. Um, I'm pretty sure that the Yankees will resign yeah, he, him because he signed, he signed through 2013. Excuse me, he was signed to a six-year, 57 million dollar deal, but he's going to be demanding like a hundred thousand plus. You know, yeah. Grand, you know, he's. I mean, he's he's. Uh, you know, he's going to want. What Pedroia is making plus some. Oh yeah, uh, he. I mean, yeah, he's got. You know, he's been an MVP, however many times, like five times in the past six years or something like that. So yeah, five, five times in the past seven years. So he's gonna be demanding that money. And you know, I'm looking at the stats side by side right now, and you know, honestly, the stats are pretty much identical. Um, okay. And you know, they they. The only thing is, I think that. When I think of the Yankees, I don't think of Robinson Cano. I think of Derek Jeter. When I think of the Red Sox, I think of Dustin Pedroia. And I think that. Um, well, that's okay. Let me let me toss a uh, kind of a hypothetical question out out to you. Now, if you 
if you were a ball player, right, and you had your choice between Robinson Cano or Dustin Bergeroyer to back you on a team, who would you choose? That is a good question. I mean, considering the fact that Dustin Bedroya is he, he's a little bit younger, he's a, he's a year younger, and I don't know, he doesn't he's oh, okay. still hung, right. he's still hungry. I I feel like Dustin Bedroya is always hungry. I feel like Robinson can know. I don't know. There's something about him. I think that this year he's definitely slept a little bit, and um, you okay. know, he, I, I don't know. If I had to go right now, building a team around a player. No, really did, well, not you know, just like if you're if you're if you're a player out there and you're like, ah, uh, you know, you had your I choice. I think Dustin Bedroya because Dustin Bedroya is someone that I could have a beer with after the games, and I don't think that I'd be able to like, I don't know. I feel like Robin Cano has got the uh, the All Star MVP Yankee persona a little bit. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying that you know, he I, I would Dustin Bedroya is a player for the players. He's a guy that you can have in your and you know your wherever clubhouse, and he will always be, you know, the heart and soul of the team. I don't think that Robbie Cano has that intangible as, as much as... That, okay, that's exactly my point. That was what, That's exactly what I was going to bring up, is intangible. He has, he has the intangible to kind of, like, just be there and be the player. That... Okay, he's the guy, when, when stuff happens, I think that it's him and a little bit of Big, Big Poppy is more of, like, everyone loves Big Poppy. I think that Bedroya, though, he's the guy behind a lot of what's going on in the... Oh, I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely think it, I really do. I think it is. Um, I definitely think that you know, you think the Red Sox, and we've talked about this before. You think the Red Sox that you see Big Poppy, Dustin Pedroia, and then it kind of goes down. You know, Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, Buckles, Lester, blah blah blah. Um, but it's always like Big Poppy. He's don't get me wrong. He's a great designated hitter, and he, he that, you know, everybody loves Big Poppy. But Dustin Pedroia to me is the Boston Red Sox. He's a captain. He, He's the captain. He's and I probably get a lot of flack for this. He is what Jason Veritek should have been the last couple of years that he was here. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's that's saying something. Jason Veritek. I'm not taking anything away from Jason Veritek. Jason Veritek is a great ball player, great catcher. Um, he did a lot of things for the Boston Red Sox, but I don't think he took his captain role too seriously, like Dustin Pedroia does. I don't think. I mean. He's not. He's not technically the captain. He doesn't have a C on his captain, jersey, no. he but is. he is the captain. We all know it. Behind the scenes, he's definitely the captain. You know Absolutely. that. You know he's, he's the guy who, who, who's you know he he keeps everyone in check. He's the one who's always you know you never last year when the whole Bobby Valentine stuff was going on. You never heard about drama from him because he was you know trying to do his job and trying to get you know you heard about Adrian Gonzalez saying this and you know, other people saying that. He's a guy who's just trying to play the game. He's trying to, you know, bring his energy and bring his passion to his teammates, and he's trying yeah, to play. I, I believe. I mean, I don't know how many games he played, but he had like a he had like a broken finger or something like that. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, and he was and batting pretty well. He was batting pretty well. And he had a broken finger, and uh, you know, if you're a second baseman, or you know, and you're an offensive hitter, that's pretty tough to play with a broken finger. I I, I can. I can pretty much say that. I mean, yeah, he's um, played in 115 games this season. I'm not sure if that's all of them, but, um, and, you know, he, he's hitting, what, uh, two, 295? You know, he's he's definitely, and he's he's defensively solid, and he's an all-star this year, deservingly so, and I think that, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that he deserves his contract, and kudos to you, man. Just keep up the production and keep up, um, Keep keeping a player for the players because we need that kind of stability in our yeah. In our and, and we're gonna need it. We're gonna need it a lot more down the stretch. Oh, you know, as, as things get a little bit tighter. Um, another guy, and I've said this numerous times with other people, 
Uh, he is the 2013 version of the 2004 Kevin Millar. Johnny Gomes. Millar hit a fire. Malah hit a fire. I, Johnny Gomes to me is he's hilarious. I like him a lot. He's the man. He's the man. He 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 has that persona about him. He just it just oozes. You know, it's cool. We'll get it. No worries. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's captain. I mean, I think that he's a lot of the Red Sox have been clutch this year, but I think that he's been making great plays. You know, he had that seven un- that seven unassisted double play, which yep. was. So weird to see. I've never seen anything like that before in baseball. And no, uh, neither have I. Neither have I. It was. <laughs> what, I mean, we saw it a couple of games ago, uh, laying out for a fly ball that he didn't have to. You know, he could have caught it, but he. It's like he almost. He put that extra effort in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they had the lead and everything, but he just he kind of threw his body on the line. And that to me, just shows you how much he wants it. He's here. To, it's like he's here to prove something that. You know, Boston has been missing for a couple of years, and you know it's. He, I think that he's 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 just a ball player who who gets his uniform dirty. He gives everything he's got, and he seems to have a feel for the moment, and he's got a great feel for the game. Who's um, now now real quick? I'm going to kind of test you real quick. Who's the last guy that put on a Red Sox jersey that just you know didn't matter? He would you know roll around in the dirt and everything like that. Ah, uh, come on, you got to know this. He's the original. He's the original. Roll around in the dirt. He's the original dirt dog. Coco Chris. What? <laughs> oh, Coco Chris. Oh, jeez. No, Trot Nixon. Oh, Trot. <laughs> the original dirt dog. I was man. trying to think of guys who were like sliding around a lot and making a lot of you know getting dirt all over themselves. Like the first thing I thought was Coco Chris. You're talking about Trot Nixon, man. The guy that wore the same Boston Red Sox hat for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and something is, is to be said for, you know, we talk about how clutch he is for, in terms of pinch hitting. He's reached right. base 12 times in his last 22 plate appearances as a pinch hitter, including a three-run homer that was on Tuesday night's 15-10 win. He's had four pinch hit homers on the season, which is, like, kind of incredible. It's one shy of the Red Sox record set by Joe Cronin in 1943. I don't even know who that is. Um, and he's defensively been, you know, Fantastic, you know. He, he, play, became, he plays, yeah. He plays the left field really, really well, which is kind of tough for a lot of other players. Yeah, you know, he's making great. I, I think that the other night he actually, when they were playing the Diamondbacks, he got like a, a run. He threw down from left field on, onto home. Yeah, he got yeah. the one out. Like that was a yes, really he did. yeah, yeah. One hopper, one hopper into the home plate. Yeah, definitely, that was a great play too. That's the play that I was talking about, actually, the, the one that he kind of he laid out for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, you know, right. he's got a three-four-one. Um, average this season, he's doing very well. Um, you know, he's he's just he's just a good he's a good player, man. He's a good player. He was he, he's he's exactly what the Red Sox needed. Um, you know what I mean? He just he's got that he's got that swag. I've been saying it for I don't know how many episodes. He's got that swag. He's ready to roll. You know? Oh, check that. No, he's only got a, he's only got a two forty average. He's got a like a th- like a three forty one. Uh, on base percentage, excuse me, but he, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't. I feel like lately play. he's been turning it up like like a lot lately. You know, that's good. Yeah, he's so doing it at the right time. Absolutely, um, I think that he's gonna be one of the players who's gonna be uh, under the radar. He kind of reminds me of um, oh god, what's that guy's name? Cody Ross. You know, he's kind of under the radar, yeah. making big plays. You know, coming in the clutch and who making actually, good plays defensively. Who actually, you know, he plays for the Diamondbacks now. And you could slaughter us. Well, you could see you could see how. 
what he was with the Red Sox, he had that persona about him. Then he went to the Diamondbacks and he brought that with him too. And now the Diamondbacks are actually playing really well, you know, and they just kind of have that, yeah, you know, he kind of brings that swag to them. Um, so the trade deadline came and gone. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of big name moves and everything like that. So the Red Sox actually really surprised me by making a trade for uh, Jake Peavy. Which is a good trade. It is a good trade. Uh, they gave up Jose Iglesias. Um, and uh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, it was definitely worth it. Thing is, uh, you know, Jake Peavy, he's a big name. You could tell that the Red Sox are all in this year. You know, if they make, go ahead and make a trade like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. In the short term, if we're looking, if we're thinking about a World Series right now, that's the best trade that they can make. You know, with, exactly. With uh, Buckholz's, you know, whatever his deal is, I think he's. I'm not sure what's going on with him. You know, injuries and. Right. I think that he's kind of a head case. I'm not sure exactly, but um, yeah. I mean, you got. Well, well, that's that's that. You know, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I, the thing is, uh, you you have you have Buckholz that's been struggling with uh, injuries. Lester recently has been a little up and down. Um, he's not he's not pitching terrible. A lot, you know, his team's actually getting him out of a lot of jams. Um, you and know, John, and John Lackey was just pay, placed on the uh, DL. He was. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. John Lackey is actually he's actually had a pretty decent season. He's he's given us a lot more than what we really expected. Um, but yeah, he has a strained bicep. So that's yeah. that's John Lackey's dealing with that now. But you know what? This is this is a, you know, we, we let's talk about first of all Jose Iglesias. He he did good for us this season. He actually exceeded all expectations. But this gives an opportunity for Xander Bogarts to come up in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, Will Miller Brooks has been struggling with injuries and he's been dealing with some other stuff. He's trying to find his game right now. Xander Bogarts is tearing it up in Double A. Um, and you know there's been there have been talks you know where they're talking about maybe toying with the idea of bringing him up. So this is actually pretty exciting. I think that this is one, something that they had to do, you know, because, you know, Iglesias is a great player, but at the same time, we're bringing up one of the best, like one of the highly, you know, regarded prospects in, in MLB right now. Yeah. So, the you know, they got to make room for him. The thing is, is, I mean, uh, Jose Iglesias will, will constantly be scrutinized for uh, not being able to hit Major League pitching. Uh, I thought he did pretty decent. I think he did decent well. I, I, uh, well. I mean, he was on – honestly, he was – he was he filled in for Steven Drew when Steven Drew was out uh really well. Um thing is, you know, it, it's he, he didn't really have a whole lot of pressure while he was here. No. So it, I mean, he was just kind of filling the gap. So he did pretty well. A little sad to see him go because he was a great defensive player, but you know, Bogarts, like you said, um if they can come up and they can have him uh play third base with Steven Drew, uh playing short, then I I don't see why it's I, I think it would be a good idea. I think. It would oh, be good. I I agree with you. I think that it's I think it's a good trade. I think that PV, you know, he brings some of that veteran savvy. Um, and he's he's kind of he's he's a good fit. I think you know. Um, yeah. He is. He's got PV's got kind of like a. Uh, he's got kind of an attitude. Um, I don't know. Did you watch the game that he that he started his first game that he started? I think it was the fourth or the third or something like that was when he started. I was um, probably with my uh, my friend. Um, well, he, he just had, you know, he was, he was pitching really well. He pitched seven and a third innings, I believe. Um, and he, you know, he's just, he just has that, you know, when they, when, when he pitches a good pitch, he, he's, he's into it, you know, and that's really, really good to see. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad to see that a pitcher 
Um, excited I, to play for the Red Sox. Excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's coming to a team that is a playoff contender team now. I mean, the Chicago White Sox were not one. Before that, the San Diego Padres hadn't been one in years. So, I mean, hey, good for him. He's excited. He's good. You know, who knows? Absolutely, yeah. So he did get the win. I believe he's starting tonight, um, which will be. I'll have to watch that. Um, yes. But he he did really well. He had he gave up four four hits, two earned runs. Um, you know, he gave up one homer. That was the a shot early in the game. I think that kind of settles his nerves. And then he ended up having you know seven strikeouts or something like that. Or, yeah, he, yeah. He went he went off in the uh, the second earned run. That one that one wasn't really his fault. He kind of it kind of. I don't know. I kind of blame that one on the umpire. They should have been called a strike, but the guy got walked and he ended up, uh, uh, you know, coming around to score. But you know, the Red Sox. But regardless, yeah. you know, he was he was you know he said that I was reading an interview that he did and he said that he felt nerves like he was a rookie again. He was so excited to play for this club, and you know, out there when he was on the mound, he said that he really got a feel for like the team chemistry, and he said that's something that he could you know it was tangible that he could feel it and like he was excited to be on this team. And people forget that you know he won he won the Cy Young in two thousand seven when he was just like crazy good. Um, I believe it was two thousand seven, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, 2007 with the Padres. Yeah, yeah, he he was just he um, went 19. Ridiculous. He went 19 and six. Yeah, with a 2.5 ERA, mm-hmm. 2.54 ERA, um, 240 strikeouts, and pitched uh, 223 in a third innings. I mean this that year, is sorry. crazy. Yeah. No. This year he's nine and four, and you know he's he's a reliable starter that can be in our rotation and who brings a little bit of veteran grit. He brings some swagger, and you know he's definitely a good fit with the Sox, so that's good to see. Yeah, he is. He fits right in with the rest of the guys. Um, all right, so switching gears right now, uh, I went ahead and I had the chance to um, go to this Hall of Fame introduction uh, for Teddy Bruschi and um, Gil Santos. I, I wasn't technically sitting in, in, the, in the audience. I was sitting over in uh, the actual stadium for uh, the uh, practice. But I got to tell you, Teddy Bruschi being inducted, that, what a very articulate man. He can speak. He's he's really, really like his stories, they engage you. And you really, you just, I could sit there and listen to that guy talk for hours. I really could. Um, so it was really nice to see him. Gil Santos, obviously, you know, he's a legend. He, he was inducted as well. Um, I'm just going to read you some stats here and some awards for Teddy Bruschi just because it's it's kind of mind-boggling. Uh, all, obviously, all with the New England Patriots. Uh, 189 games played, 139 of them started, 1,110 tackles, uh, 30 and a half sacks, 12 interceptions, and 11 forced fumbles. Um, now, obviously – the biggest interceptions that Teddy Bruschi has had has either sent him into the Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl. Um, he's, you know, he made it to the 2004 Pro Bowl, uh, two-time All-Pro, obviously a three-time Super Bowl champion, five-time AFC champion, uh, two, two-time two Eddie Brock, uh, excuse me, Eddie Block uh, Courage Award, and the uh, 2005 AP NFL Comeback Player of the Year. So he's, I mean, what can you say about that, man? You know what I mean? He's just – he is exactly what the New England Patriots needed all those years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's the epitome of a Patriot. I think that, you know, he's, you know, the guy who got who got the job done for so long who I'm going to remember for the rest of, 
you know, I'm going to be able to say like I I watched I watched you know Teddy Bruschi play live, and um, that's it's kind of funny. Like uh, you know, when you talk to some some older people, they talk about like Andre Tippett, or they talk about you know, uh, you know, God, I, I John Hanna and stuff like that. Well, he's our ages. You know, Andre he's the guy who we're gonna be talking about, and you know, absolutely, yeah. He, he gave a 26-minute speech, and he went through his entire career basically from the first time, from the first snap to the last snap. And yeah. you could see about you know how passionate he was for the game, and the you know you saw it reflected through his play. He was a passionate guy. He, he was a battler. You know, he had a stroke in 2006, 2000, Two, uh, 2005, right after the 2000, uh, right after the Super Bowl, actually after the Pro Bowl, and he, um, you know he ended up having a stroke. And, you know, it's just something to be said for his, you know, determination and, and grit and work ethic. And I, I'm going to remember him like, you know, Troy Brown, Ty Law, um, Willie McGinnis, and then, you know, Teddy Bruschi is the top of, the, of all those players, you know, that I'm going to remember from the older team. And, you know, Tom yeah. Brady tell, tells, you know, was telling stories about Teddy Bruschi, about how when he was at Doug Flutie's house with I mean, Teddy and and the way that he learned, like, the Patriots kind of way. And I think that he was absolutely inter- integral to the team becoming, uh, you know, from going from a, a crappy team to a contending team. I think that he was absolutely integral to that process. And Oh, yeah, I absolutely think I think the same thing. I mean, Teddy Bruschi, he brought this, you know, just do your job mentality. You know, I, I, Bill Belichick had a lot to do with that, obviously, but Teddy, Teddy Bruschi basically enforced it. Just do your job. I mean, no. he, if if you listen to the speech, I don't know if anybody out there had listened to the speech or whatever, but constantly, just do your job, do your job. He would say that constantly. And it's, you know, you hear it in press conferences, you hear it, you know, the, the New England Patriots players and, and staff, no one really talks. So to hear that, it kind of gave you like a, a an insight on what it was actually going on on the field. Uh, it was it was it was really it was like a very very special thing for me to see because obviously Teddy Bruschi is my all time favorite player. Um, I, I idolized that guy when I was growing up, so you know it was very very cool to see. Um, I did want to kind of cover the uh, Patriots practice a little bit, and I wanted to talk about uh, Julian Edelman came back uh, a while he, ago. Yeah, he came back a while ago. Like I said, you know we're talking about this is about three weeks now. I think <laughs> you know uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So bear with us, people. Um, yeah, Julian Edelman came back. That's good. That's good news for Tom Brady. He's gonna go ahead and uh, he's got the trust of Tom Brady. So you can, you know, people out there, calm down. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, these guys, they'll get it figured out. Let's not. Uh, I, I just, I, I want to, if I may, just just interrupt real quick, uh, talking sure. about you know slot receivers, Julian Edelman, that kind of thing. Yep. Remember last year when, you know, they were playing Edelman over Wes Welker and stuff like that, like the first couple weeks of the season? Yes. Yep. You know that? Do you hear about what happened today when Welker came out and talked about his relationship with Bill Belichick? Did you catch uh, that? I, I kind of – I heard some sort of grumbling, and I heard that Wes Welker was very upset. I don't know the exact details. He said that he had to endure him and put up with Bill Belichick and the team the last season of his of the contract, which – uh I don't know. I thought that was very, very weird for him to say now. Uh, I'm wondering if it's more of like a thing to say now. So he, you know, so the Denver fans don't feel like he just made this choice because he had to. I don't know. But, you know, he he was and he said that when he does questions to the media, the, the Denver media, he's not worried about what his coach is going to say, but he's worried about what Bill Belichick will think about it, which is like 
I I mean, that made me kind of feel like, I don't know, is Wes Welker, you know, was he a detriment to our, our you know, the, the peace in the locker room, the team chemistry, and the following the Bill Belichick example? Because, you know, I, I'm glad that Edelman's back. I'm glad they're practicing. But this whole thing, you know, he, he leaked it to SI or whatever, and then it was all over – uh, ESPN earlier, I mean, later this evening, like earlier, but, yeah. um, and, you know, I, I think that Welker, you know, when he stuck with the franchise tag and he kind of was like a kind of whiny about it, I don't know, like, Thing it, is, it, he, it brings up a lot of questions about what exactly was going through, because, you know, we, 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 we lowballed him with 10 mil and then we signed, um, what's his face, Amendola for 12 mil and he right. took 12 mil and, and, in Denver. So like clearly a choice was made there. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird, you know? Well, the thing is, the thing I, from what I understood is, um, I mean, the story we've talked about this several times. I mean, the story could kind of go either way. Excuse me. Like, I know that the New England Patriots had Danny, uh, excuse me, Danny Amendola already signed before Wes Walker had already decided to leave. I knew that. Um, I think, the reason why he did leave is out of spite. I do feel that I do feel that he had, he was walking on eggshells around Bill Belichick. But let's not forget that they franchise tagged him with Wes Welker believing that they were going to give him a contract extension. So he showed up at all un uh, all unmandatory camps, all voluntary camps. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. He was there every step of the way. He signed the deal right away. You know what I mean? Like, he technically, he he did the right thing. And I just feel that, I don't know, I the New England Patriots, there was, there was obviously some sort of am, am and not, um Jesus. Uh, Amendola. No, not Amendola. The, uh, you know, they were ticked off at each other, obviously. So they... I just, I just, it's weird that, you know, this guy who, you know, went from kind of a nobody to like, wow, this guy is one of the best, he is the best slot receiver, like in the NFL. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird that he'd come out now and say stuff. I, I don't know. I just, well, the whole I, thing is just confusing to me because I thought that he was a, I thought that he loved New England. I thought that he loved playing for the Patriots. I thought that he was like a, a perfect I example. Think, of the Patriot never stayed down ever. You know, I think honestly, I think honestly he, he did love New England. I think he loved his teammates. I, he obviously had a great relationship with Tom Brady. I think it was. I think it just came too much for him to take. Uh, I mean, Wes Walker. He's, you can tell he's a very outspoken guy. Um, he, you know, I mean, he was. He's been here since 2007. He's been here for six years or five, if you really don't want to count this year. Um, maybe he just had enough of it, and you know, he. I, I can't really honestly think of another place to go to really stick it to Bill Belichick. Than go to a Peyton Manning team. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, I know he had deals on the table from pretty much, you know, a lot of teams. And it's like he almost picked that one for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, it's Peyton Manning. That's, uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, Bill Belichick's, like, uh, you know, I don't know. The whole thing is very strange to me. But, you know, it, it's good to see – you know, getting back on topic, I guess it's good to see Edelman play. You know, practicing and playing well. Um, yeah. And you know, Aaron Dobson has been playing well. Um, you know, I think that 
there's been a lot of concern with, you know, the wide receiving because of Wes Welker's, you know, dramatic, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's kind of like a high school girl right now. But um, <laughs> it, it, well, it's, here's the thing. Uh, it, I was listening. I was listening to ninety-eight point uh, sports up this morning, driving into work, and they were they had some guy on talking about, um, you know, they asked him, you know, what do you think the Patriots are going to do this year? How do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to be like eleven and uh, eleven and uh, five team? Do you think they're going to be this? And the guys like ah, I think I'll give them like maybe ten wins. Now, this is still newing the New England Patriots. They still have a winning chemistry around them. They still have Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. I mean, the last time I checked, that's a pretty good combination right there. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the New England Patriots are going to be you know 13 and three or you know 12. And certainly four. not going to just fall off the face of the earth. Though. So, right. They, I mean, you lost you lost a couple key receivers. Um, you know, so what? That's that's Bill Belichick's whole thing. Okay, the next guy step up, do your job. It's, I mean, like I said, they, they don't, they say it like it's only out of style, but it's true. You know, I mean, how many times Julian Edelman, for for example, was it just uh, was it last year? No, the year before that, we saw him playing defense. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was out there playing defense, and he was playing good. Yeah, I believe he had an interception. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he just, but that's the thing. You you. You come to a Bel- I don't, I don't, I don't, you, you can't doubt Bill Belichick. No, you can't. You so, can't. Not at this time. Maybe not like a like a thirteen, fourteen winning season, but like they're still going to be contenders. They're still going to make it to the playoffs. And Wes Walker, I mean, it's just uh, it's unsettling to me because I always look at I always looked up to him as a guy who was very professional about his job. Uh, yeah, I agree. Have to come out now and talk about how he had to deal with his coach. And you know how I feel about like, you know, players owning coaches, which is becoming a, a more of a trend in today's professional sports. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, completely you know, un, you know, unprofessional to say the least. And I, I totally agree. I, it's just it's just I don't know, it just bothers me a little bit, just a little bit. Like he he could have done with, you know, he could have said, "Oh, we had our differences or whatever," but to say he had to deal with him and make it sound like it was so terrible to be on one of the best teams in the NFL, like <laughs> whatever, mean, man. I, I don't know. Maybe call me crazy. I don't know. Well, I mean, Jesus, his first year, his first year in the New England Patriots uniform, they went sixteen and zero. So, how, you know what I mean? Like, how is that? Like, I don't know. Whatever. It's just, I'm sorry to get off on that tangent, but I was just, you know, thinking about that was on my mind as we're talking about, you know, practice and stuff like that. Sure. No, I, I, I fully understand. Um, but you know, and and something something I kind of been paying attention to is that this week they they practiced the Eagles, um, with yep. Chip Kelly's Eagles and. It seems like practice is getting really intense. Um, everyone's getting a lot of reps, and uh, it's. I, I feel like all the the news I've heard, even the Tim Tebow news that I've heard, has been good. Yeah. So, here's a, here's what I've noticed that has been really good. Um, to leave. He's he's killing it. Good. We need someone in our secondary. To our secondary. Our secondary is playing really really well so far. Well, I mean it's ah, it's all practice. I shouldn't say that, but. Still in practice, they are looking really, really good. Um, no, they, but practice. You no, know, practice absolutely has implications on. Of course, you're not going to show everything in practice, but at the same time, you know, practice. That's where you. That's where people earn their money and get their jobs. Like I when just, it comes down to it, that's what happens. Okay, I'll, I'll just kind of. I'll, I'll point this out real quick. Uh, the day that I went to the uh, 
Patriots practice. I saw Akeem Tlaib pick off Tom Brady four times. That's, I mean, four how times. How many times did he get picked off in a season? You know, that's like, what I'm saying. That equals probably what he did uh, probably in 2011. You know, he gave up four interceptions. I mean, he picked him off four times. It was, it was like. So things to look forward to, I think, in our secondary for sure. I think that he's going to be our number one, uh, you know, defensive back for sure. Absolutely, I, 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 I'm excited. I'm kind of excited about this year, to be honest with you, because they're gonna, they have a it's lot. It's gonna be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, they definitely, they got a lot to prove. So, um, actually, maybe not. I don't know, but it's gonna be exciting. They do have, uh, they do have a little bit to prove. They want, they have to prove that they can do this without some of their key personnel. I think they're yeah. going to be able to do it too. Um, but moving on, this is a story that I want to talk about because uh, we went on a rant the last show, however long ago it was, about why All Star games suck. Oh yes, yeah. And, and I want to just talk maybe you know five, six minutes about you know the NFL, the proposed All Star changes, the Pro Bowl changes. Um, they're finally letting fans draft the teams, which is amazing, which I think is, you know, a way to get the fans interact, uh, interactive with it. And last show, we said all-star games have no bearing on what's going to happen. It's boring to watch. Like, I don't watch it. I haven't watched an all-star game or, um, uh, excuse me, an, a Pro Bowl and I don't know how long. I can't even remember the last time I watched I mean, so now they're having Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders being the captains of the teams, and they're going to choose rosters. Uh, based on the picks and the suggestions of people on NFL.com for fantasy. Right, so, exactly. How Isn't cool it? is that? I think it's great. They're not going to have an AFC and an NFC. They're just going to mix the players together. You know what I mean? And it, I I love it. I think it's great that the people finally get a chance to kind of, you know, listen, at the end of the day, the Pro Bowl is actually for the fans anyways. You know, because you get the so players in. why not gear it in. more towards the fans instead exactly. of get an actual – and it's not supposed to be an actual game, I don't think. No one's going to take it – no it's, one wants to get injured at that time, you know? It's it's a live-action Madden game. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> honestly. And, That's, you know, they're doing a lot of things where, like, the two minutes with, – with two minutes left in the game, they're going to do, like, um, like two-minute drills. Like, they're going to go uh, – they're going to go into, like, a, like a hurry-up offense or whatever and try to, you know, increase the excitement. They're not going to do kickoffs. Um and it's going to be, you know, that they're going to play with the play clock, so they're going to be, there could be more continuous play. I think they're just a great ideas, and this is exactly they must listen to New England Sports twenty four seven because this is what we we had we, said. We suggested this probably about what four weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks ago, something like that. I mean, uh, you actually brought it right up in the show, and I I, I fully agree. I think it's a great idea. I, I I like that. I like the fact that they're going to go ahead and uh, do something different and. You know what? It might not bring in a whole bunch of people, but it might bring in enough. I'll be watching it this year. I want to see the drafts. So yeah, I, be, I want yeah. to see who people will draft first, and I want to see where they're at. I mean, I think it'll be exciting to see a little more. Maybe they're going to get more creative because there's a whole new revamping of it. I don't know. I'm excited to see because this is something new. I like what the way that they were going in the NHL where they were letting the draft kind of dictate what the teams are going to look like. And You know, the next step. I don't know if they're going to be doing this or not. I'm sure they were probably going to be toying with it is, you know, miking up everyone and, you know, uh, that that would be really fun to watch. So it, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I, I'm excited for the new Pro Bowl, the 2014 Pro Bowl. Yeah, I am too. I think it's going to be great, man. Uh, it's it's about time that they, you know, shook it up and did something. Oh, absolutely. Different. It's about you know, it's so it's so boring. Like, what was the last time? Like, like you said, I don't remember the last time I watched a Pro Bowl because there's no reason to watch a Pro Bowl. It's not exciting. It's not fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and do our lovely famous segment right now. Um, 
and we're gonna we're gonna do it a lot earlier than what we normally do, just because there is actually That's like a while. There are like a lot of a lot of asshats. There's a lot of asshats. So, um, why don't you go ahead and give me my drum roll, please? Oh, oh my goodness! Oh my God! Get okay. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Wait for it. Wait. Wait here. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This week's asshat of the week is. Yes, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Braun, Marcus Vick, all Riley, three, Riley Cooper, Cooper, Riley Cooper. Um, uh, you know what? I'm even going to go ahead and add Wes Welker in there just for the heck of it. Um, oh, we could we could maybe talk about Johnny Manziel too. You know, like, oh yes, the, yes, Johnny Manziel. There are so many assets that have been in the past three weeks that we haven't been able to talk about. Now we can talk about them all. It's oh, great. we can talk about all. So what we will do is we'll go ahead and we'll start off with the less asset, which is. Wes Walker. We've already talked about him. Yeah, we already said so Wes Walker, come on now. Stop being a little high school girl. Stop talking about, you know, your boyfriend after you broke up with him. Okay. All right. Like, let's, let's grow up a little bit here. Let's, let's be professionals. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Okay. Next, Johnny Menzel. Just the whole, all the reports uh, about Johnny. He, he thinks he's Johnny Football. You took the words right out of my mouth. Johnny Football is not a real person. Johnny Menzel. Be yourself. Be the football player. Be a professional so you can make it into this league. You know, he's, don't be an asshat. And, and again, he, you know, he's he's accepting money for signatures, which is like pretty sure it's a suspendable offense. It's, uh, in it's, NCAA. A, it's a it's a no no. I mean, listen, I have my I have my thoughts about you know athletes in the NCAA getting paid because it is their name. You know, but the fact is, of the matter is, if there's like this is the same thing with it's a rule. Leagues. I know, I get rules, it. You can't break them. It is a rule, and I understand that. That's why I agree that he is an asset. Um, next, we'll move on. Riley Cooper. So uh, I don't know if people saw this video. Um, uh, he was at a at a Kenny Chesney concert, and he was obviously belligerent drunk and um, belligerently he, drunk, and he was you know dropping. You know, terrible racial slurs. Yes, he um, he went on a rant. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, he re- he's obviously regretting it now because his teammates probably won't talk to him. Um, on the same line, Michael Vick's brother, Marcus. <laughs> this, is, this, Vick, is a, this is where it gets awesome. I think this is you know Marcus Vick. He's like so he's Michael Vick's <laughs> he, brother. And he, he's in like no position to say anything. No, like what? Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean. He puts out what was it a thousand dollar? He puts what? out some like he put out some weird number and he put a he basically put a bounty on he Riley. He put out a ba- bounty on Riley Cooper and he was like you know and that's just absurd. <laughs> it's just it's it, you know what makes it ridiculous. Yeah, one K. Right, he said, uh, "Hey, I'm putting a bounty on Riley's head. One K for the first free safety or strong safety that lights up his lights his ass up. Wake him up, please." Like. Okay, we get it. Riley Cooper, you screwed up royally. You're an idiot. But Marcus, no one needs to hear your two cents, man. Shut your mouth. You know, this is the guy who was talking about George Zimmerman trial to Michael Vick trial. And he was talking about, you know, this guy obviously is kind of a moron. No offense, um, Mark. Uh, don't put a bounty on my head, please. Um, but, but, you <laughs> Never know. Never know. Never know. This, this, <laughs> this guy, you know, like he's – Okay, Riley Cooper's going to sensitivity training camp, and he's doing all this stuff, and you know, I, his listen, career is in question, and he made he's been he through made, enough. The thing is, is Riley Cooper. He made a stupid mistake. 
Uh, he definitely should be punished. He, I believe, he is being punished. Let's, I mean, he was fined a lot. He, let's uh, let's let's just let's just try to move on. It it it, it he he's an idiot. Let's well, move on. Here's here's a quick here's a quick thing for Johnny Manziel and Raleigh Cooper. If you guys are professional athletes and don't think that what you do will be recorded on a camera phone or a camera, like like I don't understand how. Like I know you guys are, are athletes and probably slept through college because you had to get you got A's anyway. But like, what well, what are you thinking? Like everything you do because you are, first of all, you're you're someone's role model. Like you're an athlete, you're someone's role model. Exactly. Secondly, everyone, if they're gonna be, you know, if you're in a crowd in Philadelphia at a Kenny Chesney concert, people are gonna recognize you and they're gonna record you because you're a you know a famous you're- person. Why would you? You know, put yourself even in that position to, you know, why would That's you be it. drunk in public at a at a concert? Why would you be, you know, getting kicked out of a house party or a frat party or whatever what Johnny Manziel was, you know, doing last week, last Friday? You know, think, like, you're being recorded everywhere you go because you're an athlete and you're a star. Like, come on, That's, man. That's the thing. They just feel that they're untouchable, apparently, I guess. Um, so... We're gonna move on to the next two guys. Five thousand. And... No, it's okay. It's okay. But it, it's it's true though. That's that's the difference. It's true. A rant, your rant is one hundred percent true. Just, you're an idiot. You know you're gonna get recorded. Just as simple as that. Um, so, Alex, some biogenesis. Mm, uh, I love yeah. me some biogenesis. Well, apparently Ryan Braun loves. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, he's he's a big he's a big fan of the biogenesis. He's definitely. a big fan of the biogenesis. Uh, I know Alex Rodriguez is a huge fan. He, mm, you know, he'd be loving that biogenesis. He, dude. he loves it so much. He tried to pay it off. He's like, ah, you know, keep it hush hush. This is yeah, you and I. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, wow, guys. I mean, you two. Listen, he done, done goofed. He done goofed. Yeah. Now there, I know that there are other players that were on this list. But here's the difference between Ryan Braun and Alex Rodriguez and the other, was it, 11 players or whatever? Yeah. They admitted that they did wrong, and they're only going to serve a 50-game suspension. You're not going to hear their names. You're not going to see what they're doing because, you know what, they manned up and they decided, okay, I'll take my punishment. That's it. Well, Ryan Braun decided to deny it. Oh, he's been denying it, you know. He's been denying for the years. First time, the first time there was, you know, some breach in procedure, so he got off, and he's like, of course I never did that stuff. Like, yeah, I told you. And, and then, uh, you know, a, um, Aaron Rodgers is like, I oh, you know, it's my homie. Like, yeah. you know, don't worry about it. He's not lying to me or anyone or any, you know, he's not lying to to the city. And then sure enough, you know, BBMs and text messages like I clearly tie him to this, and then like Aaron Rodgers is like I can't believe he lied to me. Like, hmm, sad. We're, we're we're partners in a in a in a restaurant. I can't yeah. believe he would lie to my face. So well, you guess know, what, Aaron Rodgers? He lied to your face, and you know what? He lied to everybody in Milwaukee and anybody else that supported him. Uh, you know, for getting off the first uh, you know failed drug test. Now, Alex Rod- Alex Rodriguez is just. He wins top honors this week because he just – I can't believe the arrogance of this guy. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Like, he clearly is uh, – he's probably playing right now because he decided he wanted to appeal the process. But she has no grounds to do whatsoever. He has no grounds to do whatsoever. Um, and he's – you know, he's going to be able to at least play until, like we, like we said earlier, he's going to be able to play to at least the playoffs. So he's basically like, whatever, I still get to earn a paycheck until you guys can actually, 
you know, get me into court or whatever it is that they do and, you know, finally give me my suspension, which will serve the following year. Okay. Now, reporters out there are like, oh, well, he's going to lose $35 million. You know what? $35 million to Alex Rodriguez is a drop in the bucket. Okay. Yeah, so it was it was a for just for the for the record, it was A Rod, Nelson Cruz, Johnny Peralta, Antonio Bastardo, that's a great name, Sergio <laughs> Escalona, uh Jordani Valspin, Valdespin, I love, how you, I, love how, I love how you're reading the list because I there's no way I would be able to. <laughs> no, it's it's a bunch of, and then a bunch of, you know, other guys. But whatever. The high profile guys are really Ryan Braun and A Rod and I guess, you know, Nelson Cruz is a pretty big name. Um, but see, that's that you know Johnny Peralta is a big name too. But the thing is, is those guys they they stepped up to the plate. Pun they they intended. took their fifty game suspension. That's it. Like, yeah. they, you know they stepped up to the plate, pun intended, and they took they they took it like a man and said, you know what, we did wrong. I'm sorry. I'll serve my suspension now. And you know what, people are more apt to forgive them. Oh, absolutely. Then this than, guy who's trying to draw it out with he's the, just draw, all he's doing is drawing it out like people. He when he uh, his first game back, he got booed. Uh, his second game back, I believe, he got hit by a pitch, and people in Chicago were cheering because he got hit by a pitch. Now, Joe Girardi, his manager, didn't agree with people booing that he got, you know, uh, cheering that he got hit by a pitch. But you know what, Joe, when you act like this, when you act like you, you know, whatever, I'm bigger and better than anything you guys could do. You're gonna get cheered because you get hit by a pitch, man. That's the way it happens. Yeah, you it's, know, it's a 211 game suspension, and this guy is acting like, yeah, well, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna peel it, dry it off for as long as I can, play, and nobody's you know, gonna. Do you, you hear his comment? No one's gonna fight for me, so I have to do it myself. Like, you're right. No one's gonna fight for you is because you, the way you act. <laughs> like, no one's gonna get your back because you're just so arrogant. It's it's sickening. So, do you think Derek, do you think Derek Jeter would have his back? Oh no! Exactly. Derek Jeter is a class act. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, Derek Jeter is a guy that played the game right, or plays the game right. Excuse me, he's still playing. So, you know, he plays the game right. See, the you other know? twelve players accepted their fifty game suspensions, but Rodriguez said he planned to fight the ban from the beginning. He, I just I can't believe. Like, why? Just admit to it. You are you will have a better chance at people forgiving you if you just admit to it. If you did it, you did it. And it's you know what? If he takes, you know what? It, it would be through the 2014 season. Does this ruin his Hall of Fame? You know, because we we talk about Roger Clemens, we talk about Barry Bonds and the records they set and what they did with, in their time in MLB. Does this this I mean this undoubtedly it, char, like tarnishes his his reputation? But not, what's listen, the extent of that? Do you think? I mean, if you look back. You can look at Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmeiro, all these guys. They're not going to get into the Hall of Fame because of this. Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. You know, these guys tarnish their own legacies. It's, you know, it's it's their own fault. And it's not because, like, you could say, because I've heard both sides of the argument that there should or should not be PEDs in the MLB. And, you know, there's two sides of the argument. And, you know what, it's not that... Like unfathomable, like if if it's the fact that you broke a rule and you thought that you were That's, better than it. Listen, listen, I understand, I get it. I love high scoring games. I love home runs. I love, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. But you know what? The rules are set in place to level the playing field for everybody, and that's the way it has to be. So basically, the ten mil, the ten year, two hundred seventy five million. That's right, 
$275 million contract he signed with the Yankees 2007. Basically, it was for uh, the 2009 World Series. Basically, exactly. that's, that's what they got exactly. out of it. Exactly. And he otherwise, to... they got a cheater. That's You said it perfectly. <laughs> I know I did. I mean, I'm, that's that's what I do. I mean, he's the majors active leader with 647 career home runs. And you got to think, you know, how many of those were because he had an advantage because he was cheating? And that's that's makes you it makes you wonder how far how long he's been doing it too. And again, I would have it's not the fact the fact you know he did these these illegal drugs, but the fact of the matter is you know regardless of whether or not those drugs are legal, it's that he did did not follow a rule and took an advantage from it. That's it. That's it. And, and you he, know, he got and he got extremely rich off of it. Plain I simple. just I just uh, you know I just don't. And, you know, Johnny Damon is, like, trying to defend him and trying to say, oh, he's always been talented or whatever. But, like, please, you know, he's 37 years old. He's thinking, how much longer can I keep on, you know, milking con- – he's, he's thinking, you know, he's got three years left on his contract. He's thinking, how much more money can I get before I- – because the guy loves money. The guy throws it around. I don't know if you've seen, like, the pictures of his, like, private estate with all the girls in the bikinis and stuff like that. I could care- um, Yeah, girls, right? I could care less, honestly. Um, anyways. Excuse me. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, all right, so we got about two and a half minutes left in the show. I'm going to go ahead and um, say our goodbyes now, now that I got Scott completely cracking up over there. Um, so, oh, uh, God. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of New England Sports 24-7. I'm your host, John Larry, and with me, as always, Scott Looney. Uh Find us on Twitter at uh, New England Sports uh, 247 and find us on Twitter, same name. Also, tune in to all brand new episodes of uh, 247 Sports Hub. Uh, that's going to be the new website uh, with your host, Jonathan Ragus, and uh, I believe Jim Williams will be joining him on that show. Uh, you, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, at 12 p.m., you guys aren't going to want to miss it. They got some great guests coming up. So, Make sure you tune in. And uh, you still laughing over there? Or what? No, no. I I just wanted to say before before we end, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Luch and Marshy and uh, Bergeron, who have all been invited to uh, try out for the Olympic Canadian team. And I hope that all three of them. Make, I'm, I have no doubt that Bergeron will make it. I hope that uh, Luch and Marshawn make it. And the city of Boston's behind you. New England's behind you. I just want to wish you guys the best Great. of luck. Kick kick some butt out there. That's all. All right. I want to give out a quick shout out before the show is over uh, to my. My main man, Peter, you're fighting hard, buddy. I love you. Um, prayers for Peter. Keep it going. Um, you know, you surprise me every day, buddy. Love you. Uh, 